Amen. Let us pray. God, we are so grateful to be gathered here in your house this morning to worship. Uh, scripture says, better are a thousand days, uh, better, better is one day in your house than a thousand days elsewhere. And Lord, that's how we come to your house this morning, realizing that this is the best place in the world for us to be. And so thank you for providing this space. Thank you for providing these musicians. Thank you for uh, every good gift that comes from you this morning, God, that we can come and gather and sing praises to your name and give you glory and honor and praise as you deserve it. And so, God, as we do that, we make an offering of ourselves, and we just give ourselves in this time, we give our hearts and our ears and our hands to you this morning, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us the message that you have for us through the living word, Jesus Christ. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Friends, you may be seated. <laughs> Tracy said it's 9.15. <laughs> Thanks, Tracy. <laughs> All right. Oh, friends, what a week. What a week it was. If you were at Revival, can you say praise? Praise. All right. We read, we read a psalm today. Let us, uh, in Psalm 150, praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And we just shouted to God. And, and that's how kind of the whole three days went, wasn't it? We just, we just gathered in, in a space. We provided our hearts and our voices and uh, just trusted that God was going to meet us there. And God showed up. And, and, and Ben mentioned the rain, and well, we got around that. It was a pain, but we got around it. And we still, because, again, like, like we're saying, you, you can't stop. You can't stop revival. You can't stop. When God wants to do something, when the Spirit wants to move, there is nothing you can do to get in the way of that. And so we had just, what a, oh, what a week. I, I just want to lift up a couple folks and say thank you. Um, I, I want to give a special thanks. Where did she go? To Michelle Haas, um, who was bold enough to, to bring the idea that God gave her, the invitation that God gave her for revival uh, to all of us and say, hey, this is what God's laid on my heart. And, uh, and what do y'all think? And, and we spent time praying about it, and it led to this week. And so, Michelle, thank you for being responsive um, to God's spirit in that way. Um, I want to also thank uh, Kelly Broman, folks, because she is our, our communications director, and she spent countless hours um, trying to figure out how all the logistics of everything that needed to happen for revival. And Kelly, uh, I'm assuming, is watching in her office. I haven't seen her this morning, but so Kelly, I'm talking to you. Uh, thank you so much for everything she did. Um, thanks to all of our volunteers, uh, to, and I, I hate to name names here because I know I'm going to leave somebody off, um, but I see Susan Shirley, so I'm going to thank her for helping organize the volunteers and the ushers and the people and the hands to, uh, to be around. To Liz Shukas, thank you for putting on a fantastic meal uh, like you always do on Friday night of barbecue, and to your team. Um, oh, what a, what a blessing it was to gather and eat together. It's just a, a preview of God's kingdom together, eating at a heavenly banquet. It was fantastic. Um, thanks to, to Roger Giles, who was part of the sound team uh, who made everything happen. Roger's up in the booth. Would you thank me? Thank him with me. Thanks, Roger. Uh, and Ben and the, and the whole worship team and the staff and everybody who participated. Oh, what a, what a time. Thank you so much to everybody who was a part of making that revival happen. God bless you. Um, and, and, and I say happen, um, of making, us, making space for us to gather and experience God's spirit. Because the revival is still going on. I don't know if you got the memo. But it's still happening. All right? It's still, I know the tent's still out there. The tent's going to go away, but the spirit's going to stay. Amen? And so we're going to continue to just lean into that idea of making ourselves available to how God is moving and active in our midst and being responsive to it uh, with our head and our hands and our hearts and, and everything that God has given us um, to just pursue God's spirit in this place. 
for the sake of the world and for God's kingdom. And so that's our, that is our intention with this revival. It is not over. It is still ongoing. And so, uh, again, thanks to everybody who is a part of it. And thanks to you all who will continue the revival with all of us uh, in the days and weeks and months and, and years to come. So I don't know if any of you felt this way, um, particularly if you were a part of the revival. I woke up on Saturday, and before I even got out of bed, I realized... I was a little bit tired. It was a lot, right? Being out at night, uh, late at night every day and getting everything moved in and out of the space and, and just everything that happened with, with that. Um, and, and by the strength of God's spirit and the spirit moving in us, we, we, just, we were able to, to, to gather and to have an amazing week together. Um, but on Saturday when I woke up, um, I was tired. And I realized uh, part of the reason why I was tired is because of all the revival stuff. But also, I've been running a lot lately because that's where I have been connecting with God in my, in my runs in the woods, uh, just spending time in God's presence, hearing a word from, from God about what to, what to preach about, how to talk, how to lead, how to pray, all of that stuff. Um, and, and so I realized even before I got out of bed on Saturday morning, one thing I am not going to do today is go for a run um, because I am tired. My body is tired. My feet are tired. I'm tired. And so then I show up here, uh, Ben and, and Danae and I were texting and, and some others about coming to, to help pick up the tents. We had some tents that Mike Raymond uh, donated for us to, to use during the week, and we had to get those packed up and, and put away. Thank you, Mike. Um, and, uh, and so we came over, and after, after we get the tents packed up, um, Vern says, hey, um, you want to go run the Boone Fork with me? And I was like, oh, um, Actually, I want to say that my, that my heart said, yes, I do, but, but it didn't. Like, it didn't say that. Like, I was like, no. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm tired. I already said, I already promised myself, one thing I'm not going to do today is run. Um, but he said, oh, come on, man. It's going to be great. Just, just come on out. It's a, it's a fantastic run. I've never run the Boone Fork Trail before, um, but Vern has many times, and he's invited me many times. And, and, and he said, you know, you, gotta, you, gotta, you got your sermon ready for tomorrow? And I said, well, I... I mean, it's up here, and it's, it's in here, and I'm, I'm working on it. He's like, no, no, you need to come, you need to come run. I'm like, okay, because that's where I've been meeting God, right? And so I said, uh, if Danae goes, I'll go. And she was like, oh, come on. <laughs> She's like, I've never run five miles in my life. And I'm like, you're a soccer player. Come on. Surely you can run. Uh, so anyway, we, we left. We packed up the tents. We got back in the car. He's like, well, text me if you change your mind. And I don't know what happened. Something happened on the way home that I just decided, you know what, maybe, maybe I should go for a run. Maybe we should do this. And so, uh, so I texted Vern and said, uh, I'm in. And I got back home, and, and Danae said, are you going to go? I said, yeah. She goes, okay, fine, I'll go too. And so the three of us decided to go out for a run. And um, I've, I've gone on a lot of runs in my life, and, and I've uh, run a lot of different trails and a lot of places around. If you haven't hiked the, the Boone Fork Trail and hiking or running is something that you like to do, you have got to do this. Um, it is such a beautiful uh, just display of, of God's beauty and God's nature all around us. Uh, partway through the trail, I just, you know, we're kind of scrambling over these boulders and running along. The, the river's coming down, and you, and you can see these different, like, waterfalls and stuff like that. And it just, my, it just lifted my spirit to be able to be out there. And I saw, you know, Danae and, and Vern kind of scrambling up in, in front of me, kind of going over the boulders and the roots and the trees and all that stuff. And it just, something hit me. I was just, I, like, I was almost moved to tears about how beautiful that whole experience was, to be able to run that trail with those people, those friends um, and, and coworkers and co-laborers in the kingdom. Um, and I just, 
And it just, it struck me um, partway through there <laughs> when we finished the run and said something about this, the, the sermon and, and we had prayed before we, we started running and, and Vern said, what do you mean? Like, we just, we just wrote the sermon. <laughs> Didn't you notice? Like, and, and that was absolutely true because all Vern did was he invited us to experience something that he loved. And the message today as we continue our series on revival is about testifying. What did we see under the tent? What do we see in each other? What do we see in our church and our community about how the Spirit is alive and active? And, and it's an opportunity for us to share that with the world. And that's all Vern did with us. He said, hey, you, you like to run? Like, let me show you something. You got to come see this thing that I love. And what, and what, a, oh, what a run. And so that's what it means to testify. It's just to invite somebody to experience something that you love and that has moved you. So we're going to hear this morning from Scripture a story of someone testifying, and it comes from John chapter 4. This is a story of Jesus encountering the woman at the well. It may be a story that's familiar to you. I'm just going to explain kind of the backstory, and then we'll get to the part where we testify. So there's this woman who has gone out to the well in the middle of the day to draw water, and Jesus decides to go out and meet her. And, and it was a little odd for men and women in the middle of town to, to kind of be talking uh, in the middle of the day. Like she kind of probably went to the well at the middle of the day so she wouldn't have to talk to anybody because the men would be out doing other things. Um, but she went there. And not only that, she was a Samaritan woman. So it was very odd for a Samaritan woman and Jesus, a Jew, to, to have any reason to have any conversation at all. So that's kind of some of the backstory. She meets Jesus there. Jesus says, hey, can you, can you give me a drink? And she says, I'm a Samaritan and you're a Jew. Like, we don't really do that. Like, what do you mean? Can I get, okay, here you go. And, and she has an encounter with Jesus and Jesus tells her about her life and, and she is moved by that experience, by having met the living Lord Jesus. And, and, and she was moved and she went out and she told people about it. And so this is the part where we join the story. She, she said something to, God, to Jesus about, hey, um, I know the Messiah is coming and he's going to explain everything to us. And, and Jesus says to her, I the one speaking to you, I am he, I am the Messiah. And so she realizes who it is that she's met. She came thirsty, looking for water from the well. And Jesus says, I have living water to offer you. And kind of, that's, where we, that's where we pick up the story. So I'm going to start reading um, from John chapter 4, verse 27. Hear this word. Just then his disciples returned, Jesus' disciples, and they were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and, and made their way toward Jesus. And continuing in verse 39, Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged Jesus, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two more days. And because of his words, many more became believers. And they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. I love this story. I love that it's, a, it's an encounter that probably never should have happened, right? It's, it's, a, it's an exchange that was weird. Like, why is he talking to her? Why is, she, why is he asking 
her for water. What, what's this thing about living water? I'm thirsty. I came to get water. And you're telling me there's living water. Um, and yet, something changed for that woman when she met Jesus. Something changed for that woman. And she went back and she told people, come and meet this man who told me everything about my life. Verse 28, it says, says, then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to town and told the people, come see a man that told me everything I ever did. She had gone there because she was thirsty, right? And what did she do? She left the water jug. She was so excited about her encounter with Jesus, she just had to tell somebody. Have you ever had something like that in you that you just, you were so excited you had to call somebody or knock on their door or go and tell them? Uh, That's what this woman did. Did you forgot like what else you were doing in the moment? That's where she found herself. Just ready to to say, look what happened to me. Come and see. Come and see a man who told me everything I've ever did. Come and see. We hear those words earlier in John's gospel as well. We hear them from Jesus when he meets the disciples and they say, Lord, where where are you staying? And he says, come and see. And I'll show you. We read about it in another account of of Jesus calling the disciples where, where Andrew goes and calls his brother Peter and says, hey, come and see. I've met the Messiah. Come and see. And this is the word that the woman brings back to town because she just can't hold it in any longer. She says, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Friends, she was thirsty. She had gone to the well for water and she had met and encountered the living water of Jesus Christ. And she had to testify. She had to tell people about it. So I want to testify a little bit about the things that happened this week at Revival. Friends, it, oh, what a, what a time. If you were there, you know. If you weren't, you missed it. Um, but Revival goes on, and so stay tuned. I just want to say a couple of things that happened. I, so we gathered, and, and this whole time, this months and months in preparation and prayer for what God would do there. We didn't know, right? We didn't know what God would do there, but we knew that God was calling us to meet and to gather and to pray and to worship and to connect and eat together and fellowship together and to preach from God's word and hear scripture to encourage us and, 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 and move us forward in God's mission for this church and for the world. And so we met and, and we didn't know what was going to happen, but we knew something, something was going to happen. And we gathered and, and there's rain. Like Ben said, there was, how much rain did we get this week? It was like every single day, right? And it presented challenges for setting up the tent and figuring out chairs and figuring out how the water is going to flow and I, digging ditches to make the water go away from the tent. But yet, in all of that rain, as we've said, it still didn't get in the way of what the Spirit wanted to do. We were still able to gather. We were still able to worship. We met, and, and sometimes the rain, it was raining like right up until the time where we gathered. And when we started gathering, the rain would stop. And then we had a chance to eat our meals together without it being raining, right? And then the rain would, would come again and be like, okay, time to get in the tent. <laughs> time, to, time to listen to the word, time to sing. And then the rain would start up again. And then it would let up uh, as we were leaving. And it was just, it was amazing to see the rain come and go. Um, God's spirit, lots of opportunities to remember our baptism, right? As we were, as we were in the rain and experiencing God's grace in that way. Uh, I met a young woman named Nora who uh, had been to our church uh, just once before. And she'd been, she attended the Crossroads service, and, and she was there at Revival. We had dinner together on Thursday night, and we just started talking, and, and, and she said, you know, I've just never been a part of a church that was so excited. 
I've never been a part of a church where there was so much excitement in the air about what God is doing in our midst. And so I just had to come to revival. And she came to revival and in the revival as we were preaching and, and singing and, and leading, she decided to dedicate, to rededicate her life to Christ because of that experience of revival. God was calling her. She was thirsty. She was thirsty and she came to the revival and Jesus met her with living water. Amen. Amen. And it wasn't just her. It was every, there were so many people who were responsive to God's invitation at the revival. There's so many. We gave plenty of opportunities to respond through prayer, uh, through remembering our baptism, through uh, asking prayers for healing. And so many people would come forward and ask for prayers for themselves or for someone they knew uh, so that we could pray together. We met at the cross to pray. We had an opportunity to remember our baptisms at the cross where we had water on our foreheads to remember uh, that we are beloved children of God. And the response was just, it was so beautiful. It was so overwhelming. There were so many people who were thirsty for God's spirit. And we gathered to celebrate that. And that's where, that's where revival starts, right? Being thirsty, being thirsty for God. That's where it started in the Methodist, you know, the method, like we started as a revival, right? Like that's how the Methodist movement started was people saying, Wesley and others saying, I am thirsty for more of God. Give me more Help me, one another. Let's help each other to be more connected, to grow closer to Jesus, to walk with Jesus and serve Jesus among the poor and in every place of need. That's how revival, that's how revival begins, is a desire to connect. It's a desire, it's a, it's a thirst in us for more. And that's, so when we gathered for revival, I know like Boone UMC hasn't done a whole lot of revival stuff until this week, but the, United, but the Methodist movement has been doing revival since the beginning. And so we were living into our heritage as we gathered under that tent and remembering what it means to be people of God who, who long, who are thirsty for more of God. Oh, and it was such a beautiful thing. It was so beautiful to gather and to worship and to hear so many voices. That was the first time I've been in a worship gathering where nobody was wearing a mask and, and, and you could actually hear the voices, right? And they echoed in the tent. And it was just beautiful. And there's harmony and there's everybody singing together. And it was just like, a, it was just an it was an angel choir is what it was. It was joining in the ongoing praise of God that's happening from eternity to eternity. And it was, a, it was an ability to participate in that. People of all ages joining in song. And oh, it was just so beautiful. It was people of all ages. It was intergenerational. We had older folks. We had little kids running around together, just enjoying being together. I, I talked to Mickey Klein, and, and, and he was telling me we were sitting out outside the tent at one point, just watching all the little kids play together. And Mickey said, you know, this is what I remember about revival, right, Mickey? That, when you were a kid, this is, this is what I remember about revival, just gathering and just running around with other kids. And nobody said, hey, stop running. Nobody said, hey, be quiet. Nobody went, shh, we're in church. No, like it's revival. We're gathering to celebrate the, the, the meeting of God's people, the, the spirit among us, and nobody's going to squelch that. And so I was just, I'm so glad you shared that with me, Mickey, because my kids were some of the ones that were running around making the most noise, uh, and it was awesome. It was fantastic. It was so great. Um, I, and, 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 <laughs> and to watch Gary chase him through the tent afterwards and say, no running in the church, no running in the church. Oh, man, it was awesome. It was so much fun, so much fun to see that intergenerational worship. Uh, one of the most moving moments for me uh, intergenerationally was uh, as we had an opportunity on Friday night to remember our baptisms. And so many people came forward to just have a touch of the water. Again, just being thirsty to remember that we are beloved children 
of God. And, and the line was just out behind the back of the tent. Everybody's waiting in line to, to, to touch that water and to remember that God loves them. And as the line was kind of dwindling, I was still standing there kind of waiting to see if there's anyone else that wanted to come forward. And, uh, and my daughter Emma was sitting in the front kind of right by me. And she looked at me and she said, Daddy, do you, do you want to remember your baptism? Yes. Yes, honey, I do. And, and, I, and I went and she came over and she dipped her hand in the water and I knelt down and, and, she, and she put a, a sign of the cross on my forehead and said, remember that you are baptized and that Jesus loves you. Mm. Oh, right? Yeah, amen. Amen. Um, thank you, Emma. That was, that was one of the most special things about the revival for me. That was fantastic to be able to remember that and to know that, uh, that, that our children get it. They watch us. They, uh, next generation now, right? That's one of our values. Like they understand what it means to know and to love and to follow Jesus and to respond uh, with worship. And so I, that was one of the, again, just one of the most beautiful things about our time together. The other thing that I noticed, and we pointed this out as we were gathered, we were all there together, unified, as one, to worship Jesus. We had folks from, that normally meet at the, uh, what used to be the 845 service and will be again one day. Um, folks that used to be at the, what used to be the 11 o'clock service and will be again. We had folks from 845 and 11, all of the sanctuary gatherings. We had folks from Crossroads. We had folks from Blackburn's Chapel. We had folks from King Street Church. All of us gathered together in, under one roof, singing and praising God together in unity. And it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I just encourage you that if you were a part of that and you experienced that, I encourage you to remember what that feels like. Because there will be a time when it's not all we're all singing hands, hey, singing, holding hands and singing kumbaya, right? There will be a time when we disagree about things and when we don't see eye to eye politically, uh, church-wise, I, whatever it is, there will be a time. I want you to remember what it felt like to sit in that tent and to sing together and to be only focused on Jesus. Because that's what God wants from us, right? To be focused on Jesus and to be responsive to how the Spirit is moving. All that other stuff doesn't matter. What matters is what God is doing in us and through us and in this community and in this church. And so please hold on to that image of sitting together, all of our different services together, worshiping God together. What a beautiful, beautiful thing. Again, just a preview of what God's kingdom is going to be like when we, when we realize it in full. So, friends, that's just a little bit of testimony about what happened this week. And, and again, if you were there, you experienced it. Uh, if you weren't, all you can go by is by what I'm, what I'm saying and what others are saying, and so it's not, which is not quite, not exactly the same, right? But you have to hear about it somewhere. And that's what the woman at the well did, right? She says, come and see. And the people came. And they listened to her testimony. Come and see this man, Jesus, who told me everything that I had ever done. And she, and she invited them, and they came and saw. Verse 39, again, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. Come and see this Jesus. But then I love it. Verse 42 says this. But then after they had a chance to come and see and meet Jesus for themselves, they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves. We know that this man really is the savior of the world. You see, there's a difference between uh, hearing someone else talk about Jesus and actually experiencing and encountering 
the living Jesus Christ in your heart. You have to hear about it first, right? Has to start, somebody's got to testify, right? Somebody has got to give witness to it. And you can hear it and you can hear all about it and you can know about it intellectually, but there's another way of knowing. And that is deep in your heart and actually encountering the living Jesus. Friends, this is what I want for all of us. This is why I became a pastor, is that everyone would encounter, have their own living experience with the living Lord Jesus Christ. Because I was, I was raised in a church that I'm so thankful for that taught me from a young age, when I was my kid's age, about what it means to follow Jesus and know Jesus and love Jesus. Um, but as my life, as I got older, I actually, learned, I actually learned what that meant, and I actually met that Jesus. I'm a pastor because I met that Jesus. And I want to say, come, <laughs> come, all of you, come and meet this man. Come and meet this Jesus who, who told me everything about my life and told me that there is more. There is more to life. That's the invitation. That's the prayer that I pray for my children, that, that they will meet this Jesus on their own. It's not about convincing someone of an intellectual argument. You can give me any apologetic person in the world that, that tells me, well, this is, here's the eight reasons why we should believe in resurrection. Awesome. Like, that's great. I've actually met the resurrected Christ. Amen? Amen. And I know you have too. And that's the message that we testify to this morning. That's, what, that's, why, that's why I want to be a pastor. That's why we gather as God's people. Because we want people to experience the living Christ in themselves. And to know that Jesus loves them. That's why we gather to worship. That's why we witness. That's why we testify. And, 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 I, and I'm telling you all this that happened at the revival in case you weren't there. Um, but also, I just want to tell you, yes, you, you missed something by not being there, but it's not over. It's not over. The revival is not over. Amen? Amen. I, when we were setting up for revival, this is, this is amazing. When we were setting up for revival, um, this woman came over and, and, and saw Ben and, and Michelle, uh, who were kind of, we were all out there on Wednesday, and the, the tent was set up. And she was, it turns out she was staying at the, one of the hotels right over here, just right up here, over here. Where am I? Here. She was staying at the, must be there, yeah, there. She was staying at the hotel over there, and she was up in her room, and she looked out her window, and she saw Boone United Methodist Church. And she said, you know what, I need, I need to go to that church. And so she got down and, she, and she, she walked over to the parking lot and she came in the parking lot as we're setting up for revival. The tent's going up, we're bringing in chairs and Ben's lugging like a thousand pieces of sound equipment um, out there and there's cords every direction and everything. And this woman came up and, and she saw Ben and Michelle talking and she said, oh yeah, you guys are the ones that I need to talk to. Not knowing that they're like the, the ones putting all this thing together. Well, she knew. She said, you're the ones that I need to talk to. And she said, hey, what are you, what are you, what are you doing here? Is this like, what's going on with this tent? And and they said, well, we're, we're getting ready for revival. And, she's, and she just got the smile. And she said, yeah, do you know that what you're doing here is going on all over the country right now? She said, I was sitting in my hotel room over here, and I looked out the window, and I saw this church, and I thought, I need to go to the church. And as I walked up to the church, I saw the tent. And I thought, okay, now I know why I'm here. This woman, it turns out, was traveling all over the country helping churches know how to experience revival and how to lead revivals. That's what she was doing. She was in Boone for that. Why? Why would that happen? Like right when we plan the revival and she saw Ben and she saw Michelle and she said, that's who I need to talk to. And she came and told them the story and said, be encouraged, church. 
that what you are doing here is a part of something bigger. It's a part of the Holy Spirit revival that is happening all throughout the world. And it's happening because, yes, hallelujah, right? Hallelujah. It is bigger than just Boone United Methodist Church. And and I'm so thankful uh, for Michelle's willingness to respond to God's spirit and invitation for us to have this revival. But it is bigger than Michelle. It is bigger than Boone UMC. It is the Holy Spirit of God moving and active in the world, just like God was at at the creation, moving over the chaos, bringing order to chaos, bringing light into darkness. Friends, this is what we're a part of. Do you feel that? Do you know that? That is what we are called to participate in. And what a joy. What a joy to be responsive in our small, small ways and realize that we are a part of something bigger that God is doing in the world. There has never been a better time in our lifetimes to be responsive to God's spirit. People are thirsty We've just been through a crazy year and a half, and we're coming out of it, and it's so good to see all of your faces. But people are thirsty for something more. They need to know that there is more to life than just getting up and going to work and doing all the things that you normally do, all the rat race. There is more to life than that. And even if you have been a Christian for a long time, Jesus still prods us and invites us and says, there is more to following Jesus than what you've experienced so far. And everything you've experienced so far is wonderful. And it has led you and I to this moment right now, right? But God continues to offer living water to those who are thirsty. And all we need to do is come and say, I want more of you, Jesus. And Jesus is glad to provide it. There is more. People need to hear that good news. People need to hear that Jesus defeated even death. Jesus defeated coronavirus. Jesus defeated it all in order that we might have more life and have life to the full. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yesterday, um, it's, 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 and it's just that simple. It's just that simple, inviting people to discover what Jesus has done in your life. It's just that simple. Just like Vern said, you know, Vern had been telling me for years he got to run the Boone Fork. He'd invited me so many times. And for whatever reason, the timing wasn't right. But yesterday it was. And so I want to encourage you, if there are people in your life that you feel like you have, maybe God has placed on your heart to connect with, to invite them to come to church, to come and see this Jesus, to experience the spirit that, that, that lives over all creation and, and, and embodies our faith. There's somebody in your life that you know really needs to hear good news today. I want to invite you to reach out to them and just say, hey, I want you to come and see this thing. I want you to come and see this Jesus. I want you to come and be a part of this church. What a beautiful church we have. Amen. Amen. Again, I was just, I was reminded of that as Ben said, it it just felt, it's just family, right? This is our family. To see my kids running around with with Gary and with other people and with just realizing like, we're family. Like, come and see. There's, there are people who need this family. There are people who need to know that Jesus is real and living and active in our lives. There are people who are thirsty and need to be here. And all you need to do is say, hey, come, come check out this thing that I love. It's all Vern did for me and for Danae. Come, come do this thing that, that, that I really enjoy. I think you're going to like it. Mm. Yesterday, um, when I was texting with Vernon and Danae about, uh, about some of this stuff and about coming and picking up the tents, and all of a sudden, 8.56 hit. 
and my alarm went off. Uh, because my alarm's been set for 8.56, like many of you, for Psalm 85.6. Lord, won't you revive us again so that we may worship you? Well, yesterday, like, was Saturday, right? Like, the revival was done. And so I, I texted Vern. And actually, Vern texted me and said, revival. And I texted him and said, hey, so what do, what do we do now? And just as I'm, like, answering my own text, <laughs> I, I was responding to my own text to Vern. Vern texted back in all caps, pray for Revival. That's what we do at 8.56, right? It doesn't matter that we've already met Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. The revival continues. It's a season of revival that we are called to experience. It's, a, it's, a, it's an invitation to experience a new normal of walking with Jesus, of being responsive to the Spirit's action in our lives, in our church, in our community. It's a season of responding to God's invitation. And so we continue to pray for revival, knowing that there is more that God wants to do in this place there is more that God wants to do in your life. And all we have to do is to be thirsty and to come and see this man, Jesus, who makes all things new. And when we do that, we won't be able to not invite other people, right? Like that woman, she put down her jar. She forgot how thirsty she was because she met living water. So that's my prayer for all of us is that we would forget, we would be so caught up in what Jesus has done and is doing in our hearts uh, that we would forget everything else and just invite other people. Come and see what the Lord is doing in this place. Amen? Amen.